We are the Coin Boys, your average everyday crypto bros. That's right. It's Andy, aka producer by the way, or producer BTW on Twitter. And sitting across from me is Daniel Gutierrez. That's right. At D Gutierrez84, if you're so inclined to follow me on Twitter. Welcome to a Monday. It's rainy here in LA. Yes. Uh, a Monday evening course yeah. uh, our block news episode which we have coming up later but at the top daniel we want to kind of settle in and talk about a couple things how you doing man like the super bowl and shit i'm right? upset I'm, I'm not a rams fan i'm not a patriots fan i am neither fan well, you're a jets fan so you had no state well you hate, I have something you, to say actually yeah did you hate the do you hate the patriots um or is there it has there? to do of course i hate the Patriots. i'm a jets fan yeah i know but i don't know if you hate the giants or exp- the jets i wanted to bring something up to people go for it uh so everyone says Tom Brady's the worst. Tom Brady's awful. I hate Tom Brady. But why don't you try being in the AFC East? So I'm going to include in this conversation the New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills, and the Miami Dolphins. Why? Because we play him twice a year for the last 20 years. He wins the division always. The Jets did win one time with Chad Pennington. Bless you, Chad Pennington, for winning the division once during the Tom Brady era. Uh, He is single-handedly become the greatest GOAT quarterback that has ever lived, and guess what division he's lived in? My fucking division. <laughs> so do I hate Tom Brady? Yeah. I, hate is a strong word, but I just want to... because you I, really, really, really don't like him? Here's why I'm getting into this, because I got into this argument last night. I was like, you tried being in the AFC East for 20 years, okay? You know what? I feel your pain you now. Understand for, I mean, for a little while, we were with the freaking Seahawks, and now we're, as a Niner fan, I'm with the Rams, which is why I hate the Rams. But you're saying teams here. Yeah. I'm talking about this gentleman named Tom this one, Brady. Well, it's Belichick, too. you got to also have him on that list. He is that. I mean... Yeah, we, those two combined are, are forced to be reckoned. Sorry, I had the vent. But uh, why I'm pissed off? Because the Rams didn't win. We don't get beer here in LA. You know who gets beer? Who? Boston. They don't need beer. They already have good beer. They're already decent. We don't get the beer. And Budweiser had said they would give beer to whichever city won. And, of course, they were probably rooting for Boston. And in fact, they probably bet on Boston because they knew there's less people in Boston. Sure. And then there are more people in LA than there are in like 90% of the states that we have and, and a billion other countries. I don't know how many countries we got. But uh, Budweiser, come on. Give me at least half off. Half off. Half off. That's all I'm asking for. Well, anyway. And, uh, oh, and also venting. Major, major. What? The biggest thing I was pissed off about for the whole Super Bowl, I the game was eh. – that was, that was fine. But you know what? Sometimes you get good games. Sometimes you get bad games. It wasn't the greatest of games or whatever. But I was looking forward to Sweet Victory from SpongeBob being played in the halftime show. And you know what I didn't get? What? Sweet Victory being played yeah. on the halftime show. They what showed a the video, hell? though. They showed a video. They showed a small video of Squidward introducing uh, Travis Scott. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, I'm very upset. It was a you let me down. Listen, that's a whole other podcast like conversation. <laughs> let's let's pull out it. So here's the thing about the Super Bowl happening yesterday is that the football's over. Yeah. So, but what's not over is our podcast. That's so right. I wanted to just kind of pull back here before we get into this awesome block news. You could find us at one location, and it's thecoinboys.com. And I have set it up, and I I want to send you there, or Daniel and I do, yeah, because. You have the SoundCloud, the Google Play, and the iTunes link there, but there's more there. Daniel, tell them what else is we going on. We are actually kind of using our website to reach out to 
fans, talk to people. Um, a lot of people have been contacting us through the website. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, just go right there under contact. And in addition to that, a lot of people have been um, a lot of people have been reading my blogs, commenting on blogs. I just wrote one about CoinMe and CoinStar that we had talked about. Yeah, and CoinMe uh, messaged us on uh, Twitter. Yeah. Hey, it was a me. nice general message. It was a very general message, not a nice general. It was oh. just a very general okay, message. It wasn't nice. Uh, sure, they think it's worth it. Of course, you're going to think it's worth it that you guys made this business deal that is worth potentially millions of dollars. Congrats to you, but what about us? Uh, and CoinMe, you're welcome to come on the show and talk sure. about it at any time. Anytime. Because we'll we have it. questions. All so right, reach us good. at thecoinboys.com. And also, please give us a voicemail at 424 372 7437. The reason why is even though we did have our contest recently, um, you guys can still call that number. You guys can still leave a message, and you can get some beauties like this one right over here. Hi. Yes, this is Francisco Mulholland from Satoshi Nakamoto's Full Node Strip Club down on Hacienda Boulevard. Uh, I'm just confirming, calling to confirm your reservation for 22 people uh, for the Genesis Block Package. Uh, this Saturday evening, um, I just want to do yes, take this time to remind you that Satoshi Nakamoto's Full Node Strip Club is the only sexiest, hottest full node and live node strip club in the country. Um, again, Francisco Mulholland from Satoshi Nakamoto's Full Node Strip Club. Um, please uh, confirm your reservation with me by emailing us at rectpodcast.info at gmail.com thank you very much coin boys bye thank you to the rec podcast for actually uh reminding us about that comfort that uh that little reservation that andy had made <laughs> but i made that <laughs> reservation god damn uh thanks to oh. the wrecked podcast for leaving a message feel free to do the same as rec podcast has done as you've heard or Ask us a serious question. Or well, not serious question. I don't care. Right. But if, if there's something on your mind, you know, we're we're open to playing these on the show and answering them. Yes. Uh, and we do have our first guest host from our first contest booked. Just wanted everyone to know. Yes. It will be in March, uh, the beginning of March, and I'm excited. Uh, just so you guys know, we will be doing something similar, but it might not be voicemail related. But for the meantime, Daniel, what can they do? They can actually... Join us. Join what I call the coin family. If you uh, go to our website, click join the coin family. Just give us your email. We don't really care if you give us your real first name. I just need the email so we can send you guys uh, information, exclusive podcasts, as well as possibly some upcoming special um, special giveaways. And, and you'll automatically be included into contests through there as well. So sign up. All right. Well, I'm going to press this button because it's time for block news. So, Daniel, we've changed this kind of format. We've been uh, releasing block news same day in the evening, on mm -hmm. Monday evenings, after work. You know, if you want to go work out at the gym, listen to a nice, uh, some general news, panel-oriented when we have guests. Uh, and actually, speaking of guests, Daniel, we have our returning guest, Allcoin Sarah, with us. Sarah, what's up? How you doing today? I'm fine, thanks, guys. How are you? Long time no speak. I think we talked uh, before the new year, right? That was the last time. I think so. Yeah, it was with BitBoy, wasn't it? Yes. So, Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. Mm. Glad and you made it. Happy New Year to you as well, guys. Joining us for the first time, but a very good friend of ours, but actually actually appeared shortly on the Blockchain Beach episode, but we're glad to have Crypto Stash with us. What's up, man? Thanks for joining the Coin Boys, man. 
Yes, the stash is in the building. Thanks for having me on, guys. Finally, I'm here. I made it. Yes, I love it. I love his. I, I, we love his style. It's one of the reasons why he's our friend. <laughs> but uh, just quickly, uh, just uh, update us on people that might not know about you on our show. Uh, what do you do for the crypto space? Tell us a little about everything. Uh, yeah, so I go by Crypto Stash and all your favorite social media channels. I have a popular website, which is how I got started uh, really in the crypto space, you know, being part of the community. I've been an investor since late 2013, early 2014, but the website has really been my main mode of, of helping people. And that's really what I started doing is writing articles, trying to give people, you know, helpful tips and tricks, uh, especially in particularly focusing on beginners. Because, you know, one of my big things is adoption, love trying to push adoption any way I can. And beginners always have the, the toughest time when we, you know, they come into the space. There's so much going on, so much being thrown at them. And so the articles and videos I do are aimed, uh, you know, not always at beginners, but I try and explain things very simply and very easily digestible bites. And so, yeah, so that's kind of my main focus is I, I focus on education and adoption. Yeah, and whenever uh, anybody asks me, you know, how do I start off, I usually send them over to your tutorial over there on your website, which is... Uh, has been successful so far. Uh, nobody's complained to me about anything except for that's awesome. buying yeah. too high. That's all they've complained it's, about. It's the mustache. About. They love the stash, and so they they don't you know they don't complain too much. Yes. You know, they they see me on video and they're like, man, that guy looks good. I'll have to keep watching this. Well, which brings me to my first question before we go into the news, real quickly. Who is your mustache inspiration? Who are you jealous of in terms of the mustache community? Anybody that we know? Am, am I thinking Tom Selleck? <laughs> there have been many an epic mustache uh, in in Hollywood, but you know, honestly, you know, what inspired this was I did this uh, big festival here in Long Beach for quite some time. It's a it was a folk and bluegrass roots music festival, and we had this mustache and beard competition. And I was like, it was the first year I did, it, and I was like, oh man, you know, I'll, I'll I'll grow a mustache, and I'm just gonna I'll get my prizes back. I'll win, and we'll get I'll be able to get the prizes back myself. I thought it would be so clever. But lo and behold, no, there's a huge community of people who do this. And I was I was quite handily outstashed in that wow. competition. But these guys, Damn. man, some of their mustaches are just amazing and huge and crazy and different. And that was really kind of what, you know, inspired me to keep going with it. And uh, it's been on my face ever since. Well, keep Damn. at it, man. Rocky didn't win in the first one. He took him three other movies to start winning. So there you go. Well, I... Uh Awesome, awesome. Thanks, uh, both of you, for joining us, of course. And let's get to the topics today for Block News. And at our number one topic, our first one up, is one that Daniel is attached to pretty much because it's NEM Foundation. What's going on, Daniel? Let's, let's... I've been talking. Everybody, every time somebody asks me about, about which altcoin got me in, which one do I, do I hold close to my heart, NEM is the one I always say. Um, whether you want to buy it or not, that's up to you. But I always say NEM because that's the one that got me into this. I actually know somebody who was a part of... The development of that and uh that's that's why i chose them so um they announced that their foundation literally has one month left of funds to operate now whenever you hear foundations foundations is very different from the the, the currency from the coin um that's just whatever they do to expand upon what the what the project can do with uh, and what they want to do with that with that coin um it's not surprising to me because every time I because I have been following them, they've been opening up a ton, and I mean a ton of multi-million-dollar facilities in Singapore, Australia, here in the states. They're all over the place, and these guys are everywhere. There's and there's four or five different directors, and they're each traveling the world, uh, talking about. It. I'm like, it doesn't surprise me that they messed up with the funds, at all. 
Um, so I hope I like the coin. The coin functions really well. It's fast. It's 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 great. But if the foundation that backs it isn't isn't there to support, I'm out. Have any of you? We'll go. We'll start off with Sarah. But have any of you had a coin that just really you you thought it was going to be great, and then it just utterly the project just disappointed you and kind of left you? Did anybody do BitConnect? Um, no, but personally, I am actually invested into them. I do quite like it a lot, and I've got the. On my old phone, because I've got a tendency of breaking phones, on my third phone back, I do have the NEM wallet, and I'm really enjoying it because it's really easy to use, and it's just a user-friendly app, and I think there should be more like that. Um, so I got a little bit concerned when I first heard the news, because I was like, how did it go so wrong? But I think what the news done is they just tried to spread bad and cause some sort of a storm around it. When NEM is actually doing still well, like it's still number 18, I think, on CoinMarketCap. So, um, yeah, going back to your question, sorry. Um, no, I haven't really been part of any BitConnect trap or anything. And I hope that's not going to happen to anyone or either, either of you. Yeah, no, this and this, like how you said, the, this, the coin is still going strong. It's just the foundation that's, that's messing up. But um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I avoided a few. Yeah, and uh, Stash, <laughs> what are, first of all, any any project uh, that has kind of d- fallen of the Bitcoin fallen ways to and, the wayside, and also your reaction, I guess, to the whole NEM thing. I have I have uh, quite a few bags of of shit coins that I am definitely <laughs> sad about. The project's just tanking. So number one, yeah, you know, I did do BitConnect, but I did BitConnect as an investigative thing for my website. So uh, I did the minimum so I could actually get onto the platform, take screenshots, tell people how it worked. I never like did referrals or anything like that, so I didn't have anybody underneath me. And uh, you know, ultimately, I did end up getting enough returns back to like get my initial like hundred dollar or whatever it was investment back. But so, um, so it did return money. Uh, yeah, I, I actually I, I think when I, I calculate everything all toll, I did end up getting a little bit more back than what I put in, but not that much uh, in in the amount of bitcoins amount. And so uh, you know, I, I was basically cashing out every time. Like I wasn't reinvesting. I was like, when anytime I was getting, you know, funds, I was just cashing it right back out to Bitcoin, whatever it was at that time. And so mm-hmm. I was, I was kind of, I was kind of following that on my website because people, were, there were so many people that were saying, "Oh, this is the greatest thing ever! It's the best! You got to get in!" And I'm like, "That seems like bullshit." And then there's all these people, like, "It's a huge scam! Look, you can totally tell." Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's these two sides, and you know, it's really confusing for beginners to have such a, you know, polarized. Uh, you know, fight going on, uh, on, on, you know, in the greater crypto sphere. And so I just wanted to kind of give as much of a partial look at it or impartial look, <laughs> impartial look at it. So people could kind of understand what it was, how it worked. And, and ultimately, yeah, I mean, that, that, that my conclusion was clearly those guys were scammy. And then, yeah, they folded up like I made it about a month or so after I kind of concluded my, my investigative type stuff. You got lucky, you got lucky on that one, sir. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm looking at I'm looking at my MetaMask right now, and I have there's at least three or four projects where I'm like, man, that I, there was this one that was a gaming one uh, called Never Die Coin, Never Die Tokens. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Damn, did it die? Uh, they, is that they, the yeah, they, I think that it was a very cheeky name because yeah, the the project I think they're just completely dead. Like it tanked after they went ICO and. They've done absolutely nothing with it, and never die the whole the studio and what's all you know kind of wrapped up in their 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 stuff is actually you know they have a pretty good working product. They just never did anything with it, and so yeah, yeah. it sucks. It's all heartbreaking. What do you got, Andy? For me, I, I don't know. Okay, so I just want to bring up one point: is that this was a no money situation, not a scam, right? They haven't been hacked. Correct. They haven't been. They're they're literally 
running out of money. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the lifestyle thing about yeah. traveling. And I always compare cryptocurrency to hip hop and how the hip hop artists overspend. You say this all the time off air. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny when you're hearing it now on air. For the overspending that sometimes not, not just hip hop artists or artists or people that get like a one hit wonder and they, they just start blowing up and buying cars and how the crypto Yes. Right, but the crypto has because look at all the people like posting about Lambos and like living this lifestyle. But yeah. you know, before you can go live that lifestyle, you know, you got to be smart about it first. Yeah. And the spending on like traveling, all those people, like it's it's not cheap. It is de- okay, and the way they were doing it was definitely not cheap. Because I work in entertainment, and like they travel full crews to shoot shows, and that is expensive just to put people up, and they're just flying them. You know, it's all about the photographing crypto, right? Yeah. That they do it all for the photograph, you know? Yeah, I once had to go to a very bourgeois hotel to pick up the freaking guys from the Jer- Jersey Shore. Uh, you did? Yeah, Paulie D. That's and Mike cool. It was, they were awful people. So, oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> except surprise, for, surprise. Except for uh, mm. Mike came out and there were two women that came out after him and he just looked at me like, yeah, you know. I'm like, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you, you know. Go. Yeah, I mean, he had two women just pop right out of the room right after him. Great. Good for him. I never got invested in the BitConnect, of course. And and then uh, luckily, I was on Mount Gox, but never had anything left there. Uh, but I did accidentally thought, I thought I bought Digibyte once, but I bought accidentally bought Bitcoin. And I had no idea. And I spent like three months thinking, yeah, I got Digibyte. <laughs> you know, I I'm that, mooning right I, now. I'm moon- I accidentally totally just like mixed up the symbols and just totally mess it up. And I, I one day I realized, I'm like, wait a minute. What? I thought I had Digibyte. What is? Oh, and then I put, I was just like, what did I do? But it didn't matter anyway. I was, it was, I think it was. You were young. And I was dumb. young and, and you were in, in my young trading 30s. crypto days. But um, what's this next topic? Because it's a funny name. Yes. Daniel. Quadriga CX. Does anybody know what Quadriga CX is? Sounds yeah, like it's a Canadian, the Canadian exchange. That was one of the most popular Canadian exchanges, actually. Uh, for people who like would come to my, my blog and they're from Canada and they're like, "Well, wh- where do I go? I'm from Canada, eh?" I'm like that was that was the one I recommended. <laughs> <laughs> good, good on you for adding the A. Uh, yeah, no, and so this is a lesson to everybody. What's the number one thing that we tell everyone is get your money off of the exchanges. Only leave on the exchange what you can afford to lose. I think I've said mm-hmm. it a million times on the show. Yeah. A and million. and this is why the CEO of Quadriga CX, he dead. He's gone. He's not he's not alive anymore. And he also took what? with him the what private happened? keys. <laughs> he took with him the passwords, the codes, everything to getting onto the exchange so the exchange can no longer give funds to anybody and this actually ha- had oh. happened yeah this actually had happened about a month ago but they were going off of what the funds that they had but because of a lot of things that have been going oh, oh sorry they've been go- they've been using the funds that they've had outside of the the wallets that the CEO had access to and they were doing okay but then the wife posted on Reddit that the CEO died everybody went into panic mode and started dumping mm. their coins and started uh, trying to get their stuff off the exchange and unfortunately they can't access any of those coins wow stash what, what's your reaction to this uh i mean it's sad it, it it definitely speaks to personal security i i almost want to call a little bit of bullshit on that because 
I understand you're the CEO. You're kind of a young guy, but you don't leave those passes anywhere. You have a wife. She doesn't know about it. Like, I don't know. It seems a little bit fishy, but I mean, it's not like it hasn't happened before that kind of same way where someone died and, and didn't, you know, but leave it didn't a will. But an entire exchange. But yeah, for an entire exchange, I mean, especially one that's doing really well, uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty tragic in general for the people who have their funds there and are pro- may not be getting them back ever. And, you know, for, for obviously for his wife, too. But, you know, like I said, he was a young guy, right? He was in his 30s. I, I've, I didn't catch how old he was. Um, I also didn't catch how he died. <laughs> so there's like a lot. I was just so astonished at the fact that some that a, a company didn't have multi-signature wallets in place or didn't have yeah. somebody else knowing the, the codes in place. So I have a question, Sarah, I'll ask you. Um, how important, this is a good situation, how important is it to at least tell one person that's close to you where your private keys are? Or do you think that there's another way to do it? Or is this a fluke? I think it is quite important. Because, like, I thought of it a while ago, like, what happens when you die? What happens to your crypto? Like, uh, my... <laughs> that's very existential. I know, right? <laughs> crypto existential. <laughs> what happens when you die? What happens to crypto? No, like, it's really important because it's like, at the end of the day, if it's someone significant you're with, your partner, at the end of the day, you are investing because you want a better life for yourself and for them. So if, if it all disappears, all the all your life savings disappear with it as well when it comes to crypto. So I think there should be some sort of accessibility or some sort of way where you can actually keep this within the family. I, I don't know, but I think there should be a way of sharing it with your partner. I, th- I think that. And I really, I, I think it's really weird as well how it's tax season and then there's no crypto around for this exchange. I don't know. Yes, you have to let your partner know your 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 doesn't keys. Have to be like your part. It could be anyone. Yeah, you, trust you know, if you don't or... trust your wife, that's or, or your husband, that's fine. Yes, <laughs> I don't have a husband <laughs> or wife. You don't, you don't trust your husband, Daniel? There, Andy, with your private <laughs> Listen, keys, sir. I've been asking you for the private keys and where you buried them for like five years. This is my work husband. Um. Yes. So, but. It, if you're a business, you shouldn't be having one person in charge of all this at all. That's a bad business decision, period. So the funny story about telling someone that you trust about your keys, yeah. I told a good friend of mine, and, and I think it was a mistake because he, he's so non-crypto, and he's like, he looked at me like three eyes like, so? Yeah. I was like, so if I die, this is where all my crypto is. He's like, okay, man, whatever. <laughs> I was like... I was so like, oh, okay. So I guess you know. Yeah. No, I I made sure that I told my baby mama told about <laughs> all where all where all my keys are, how to access it, to how to do all that stuff. Because if my if I die, my baby will be a hundred air immediately. <laughs> Great. Right. So, uh, Daniel, what's this parody wallet bug? So, um, I know Stash, you said you knew a little bit about parody wallet. You know actually a lot about all different kinds of wallets. It's insane. I do. Um, but I just heard about parody wallet through this story here. Uh. Parity wallet is a wallet. Do they do they do they specify in one uh, in all kinds of cryptos uh, stash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they um they had a bug, and it, through that bug, people were uh, people were able to steal Ethereum from that bug. So Parity found this, saw this, and said, "Well, we got to fix this immediately," because they had already stolen about thirty-two million in crypto. So. They're like, okay, well, they got to they gotta fix that. They need more. <laughs> That's too little. Yeah, I mean, today it's worth $5. So the, then right afterwards, um, 
<laughs> but right afterwards, they said, okay, we're fixing this bug. And they put in the fix. But in that fix, it allowed one person to gain control of all of their multi-sig wallets, which thusly froze all of those accounts. And so, and they can't open them back up under their own wallets because of what the guy did. Uh, uh, the guy on accident took control of everything. And they don't know how to, and they don't know how to fix it. So oh, now, God. instead of losing thirty-two million, three hundred million in crypto, about three hundred million right now in crypto, is locked up and frozen for all time because of a bug. Because of a bug. That now, th- now this actually happened a while ago. So this is not this is not new yeah. news. This is old news. This was twenty seventeen summer ish. I think was when this happened. Really? Yeah. Well, I think they did it again. But I could be absolutely wrong. I just recently read this article, and this was on a new RSS. I just got it; just popped up in an RSS feed. So if I'm wrong, then you and I concede to you, sir. But that's still crazy, nonetheless. I didn't yeah. know about this. Yeah, there, there, there was a lot of, uh, of of those kinds of bugs and hacks in 2017 where we saw some issues with wallets. Obviously, the the Ethereum one was probably the, one of the biggest ones, right? Where they had to fork it, and that's why you have Ethereum Classic, and now you just have them and then regular Ethereum, but. Uh, yeah, in general, it, it, you know, once again, it just comes down to you know third party trusting a third party, and it doesn't always work out very well in people's favor. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it was a total of two hundred eighty million. Okay. Of Ethereum. Yeah, volatility is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> um, what do we do? I don't know. Like that, your wallet is supposed to be the thing that you're supposed to be able to trust. Um, well, I'll tell you. Like, sure. I mean, is it so? Just tell me a little bit more about this wallet. Is it a hot wallet? Um, uh, what what kind of wallet is this? Is it mostly? Yeah, it's on your. It's like a brow. It's like a browser one. So kind of similar to MetaMask a little bit. Interesting. Okay. I don't know if you use MetaMask. Yeah. Uh, no, I mm-hmm. use MetaMask, of course. But yeah. okay, so it's a Ethereum kind of style MetaMask alternative. Uh, it, All right. Then. Yeah. Exactly. Browser style. Yeah, okay. I'm just hoping for a day where we don't need to have multiple wallets. I, I think cold storage is the safest place. And what's crazy is that I learned that in 2012. Someone told me, hey, cold storage is the best place to keep this thing. And he, and and now I think I'm scared that I'm hearing more and more like apps falling apart, hot wallets, and now browser wallets, um, just because of bugs and mistakes. And now you're relying on a, you know, we're supposed to be getting away from this third party thing, mm-hmm. but we're relying on people to make the right decisions. And they could, in one single failed swoop, this is an example of screwing things up big time. Yes. Like, there is no other way to look at this. I really got to take a look at this article because now Stash has got me thinking is it this year? Is it last year? It's, Either way, I think it's a good last lesson year, to learn. <laughs> Great, great but, job bringing the up-to-date news. Guys, Daniel, listen, we gotta vet everything to make sure what's true and what's not true. Yeah, it's still, it's still, you know, kind of speaks to the whole thing, like you guys are saying. You know, when you when you trust a third party, this is the vulnerability you have. But then when you trust only yourself, there's also you know downfalls and pitfalls that you're gonna fall into. In general, if it's been coded, there's probably some hacker out there that that you know thinks it'll be fun to try and crack it, and I, that's never going to change. It doesn't matter how good you get with the technology, you know. There's always people developing these things, and it's always going to have some sort of some vulnerability. You know, if you're if you're strictly all you're holding all of your own private keys and your own, you know, Bitcoin node, even you know, you maybe you just screw that up, and then you lost it yourself, <laughs> which which happens probably way more often than like these larger hacks like this. Uh, to be perfectly honest, there's lots of people who have lost uh, good amounts of Bitcoin or other other cryptos just because of maluse. Sarah, do you think this is like, is is this trend getting worse, you think, or is it getting better? 
Yeah, I think just 2019 already started with like hacks. I mean, Cryptopia got hacked twice. Just they were hacked and they were hacked again. And it's just absolutely mind blowing to me because it's if if I didn't understand how blockchain works and what sort of uh, possibilities it has for us and what sort of a future it can bring to us, I'd be scared because I'd be like, well, why would I invest in something I might lose regardless of where I put it? Um, so I don't think that is a really good step towards that adoption, but there needs to be definitely a fix, like you guys said to it. Um, no, but honestly, this is just, I don't, I don't know what sort of a solution could anyone come up with, but I'm sure someone will. I personally store my crypto in like seven different locations, I think I can think of, including my phone and desktop and heart wallet and it's 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 a bit too complicated, yeah, that, I think, for anyone who joins in. Um, yeah, I think there should be some sort of a guidance to it, like some simplicity for everyone to do. Yeah, breaking news, by the way. Really? Yes. Wait, are we in a time machine? Yeah. Because breaking I'm, news. Okay. Coinboys misdated an article. <laughs> What? This happened in November eighth, two thousand seventeen. So I did yeah. confirm. Bringing the latest. That's what news. it was. The latest. <laughs> Great. Coin Boys News. Hey, listen, we're the first to break this. So sure. you're welcome, you're Andy. <laughs> we're the first to break that we've messed up sure. right off the bat. That's I, quick. I, I didn't mess up. You brought that. Uh, <laughs> Passing the buck. I'm just you're chilling welcome. right here. No, Andy, listen, you didn't vet the you whole told thing. Me. This is my, Here's what he this told is me. my fault for Andy, not double checking Andy, my, my stuff. I want you to wait for the show to react to the news. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how this works, guys. It's fine. But we do have a new topic. An actual new topic. This one happened very recently. I promise I double-checked right now. Here's the thing about that last one, by the way. Reddit. You're out of bullets, bro. You read it? Quit, quit, quit reposting for karma, damn it. So anyways. Well, that, um, that does happen. That's what that was. <laughs> that's where that article, article came from. But Reddit is not your excuse, my friend. No, Reddit is always my excuse. All right. So this is a new one. Uh, there's a hacker, a 20-year-old college kid who is getting 10 years in prison for stealing five million in crypto, um, but the crazy thing, the, the one that the, the the piece of this article that kind of intrigued me was how he did it. Does anybody know what sim swapping is? Yeah, so sim swapping is kind of one of the latest scams, and that's I'm actually doing a, a full like security article. I'm going to do that on my website uh, later this week or next week. But yeah, essentially what it is is they they switch phones on you, so your your phone has like a little sim card in it. Or it has like an EIN number that you can uh, switch out. So like if you get a new phone, you can call the company and say, hey, I got this new phone. Want to switch it over? Here's the number, blah, blah. And so what was happening is these people were, were getting insiders uh, that actually worked at the companies to switch people's SIMs to their phone and then be able to then siphon off their crypto uh, through, through using their phone. Because now you have access to 2FA, right, which is, is, is the main security method that most people are using if you have you know, good security for your exchanges or other accounts. And so that's all they really needed to do. And then, boom, they're just siphoning it right off. And that's, I think that's what happened with this kid, right? Yes, exactly. He, uh, he was um, using the texting aspect of the 2FA because uh, mm-hmm. I, after I read this article, I freaked. I'm like, oh, my God. Even if I have two-factor authorization, like, like a Google Authenticator or the Authy mm-hmm. app on my phone, am I still susceptible? Um, and good, good news for me, uh, if you're using the Authy, you're not uh, – if you get SIM swapped, you're still good because the Authy app is connected to your phone directly. You have to have that physical phone on you. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that. But that was insane to me that that 
I didn't even think that this was. I used to work in cell phones. I used to sell these things, and I used to do these swaps all the time. And I'm like, I, was, I didn't think I could could have made so many million. I could have made a lot of money. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. I'm very disappointed in that. But that's in, that's insane. It's I I didn't even know something like that is possible. Um, and that literally follows to everything I was saying before, like how are you meant to even store your um, your crypto? You can't even store on your phone now. And to fact authenticator might not be the safest option now. It, there just yeah. has to be some other measures of security. Yeah. Like, this is this is literally getting out of control. That's why this bear market is going for so long because those things they need to be fixed for us to progress. This this just can't be happening. There is no conversation about mass adoption going mainstream if there are still security issues like that. Yeah, Stash, is there in your in your article? Can you give us a little preview of? of what you're going to write about in, re- in regards to yeah. system swapping? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's actually really easy to to kind of mitigate this or to, or to stop it before it even becomes a problem. Oh, go on. You, yeah, all you need to do is you. Uh, most phone companies will offer you the option of, and it's because it's become a thing now, they'll offer you the option to only allow your phone to be swapped at an at a actual physical location. And so then you'd have to verify your identity when you get there. So instead of them being able to do it over the phone or just through like their website, you can talk to your, your provider. And there's usually a setting that you can go and change where you have to specifically go down there and you can, you can ask them to implement that. So nobody could do it. So they couldn't just do it over the phone or, you know, uh, if they have an insider, that won't work either because you have to physically be at the store and they won't, they won't make the swap without you being physically there. Well, if there's an insider... I mean, you and I both work in cell phones. If there's an insider, we could still get around that. I think um, there's also uh, along those lines that from what my research was is uh, sometimes you can add a PIN code that if they don't have that PIN number from you when you call right. in, they won't do it. So regardless of whether or not right, exactly. somebody and working I, for the company that, that will switch it out. Right. But I mean, if, if you're down there and, and, you, and you have to physically be there, they have to verify that. There, there's, yeah, it's, kinda, it's basically the same thing as setting up a pin like that. But I think it's a little bit more secure because they, they would have a much harder time trying to spoof that in some sort of way. You know? I'm, I'm worried that, and I've been seeing more and more of this of late, and during this, this bear market, um, it's, it's like more and more negative stuff. So I don't know if there's a little bit of FUD involved with some other mm-hmm. stuff. but Well, the truth is... The, this is just I'm using these as an ex, as examples to tell people what it is that that you why we say the things that we say, why we're saying back up your keys, why we're saying tell tell somebody you you trust, somebody you care about uh, your your private keys in case something goes wrong, uh, why you take your money off of the exchanges. All that happened this week and last year. It just sounds to me like hackers seem to be progressing more than actual developers are right now. Because there is what literally explains itself. Hackers are finding newer and better and more cheekier way to actually steal our funds and actually development teams are trying to stop it from happening. So sort of a switch needs to happen. Like this is this is so not on. Well, I, I think you can attribute the internet, obviously online, it's just so easy mm. for the world to access. So even big companies are, we're hearing like big companies getting hacked all the time. Uh, Facebook's <laughs> screwing up the security thing. And like, yeah. you know, it's been just like, I feel like, okay, crypto's wild west, but the whole internet is still in the wild west, it seems. Yeah. because, and, and I don't think people realize that, but it's like the wild west out there. Yeah, I think, well, I think the internet has actually, they know what they're doing. And um, 
I, I'm a big gamer, and I've been so freaked out that uh, there's a Kinect and a PS4 camera uh-huh. that connects to uh-huh. your... I got rid of... Those are disconnected. That's why I, That's what uh, I do is I, is I plug it in, but I hang in front of the camera. You know those uh, trucker nuts? Those nuts that, that truckers will put on... The, <laughs> I, right in front of the camera, right there for the FBI and CA to check out. Oh, cool. Nice. You're welcome. I don't know if that all is <laughs> happening, but I mean... That's oh, it kinda... is. It is. I listen to Edward Snowden. Oh. <laughs> yeah. A big topic, man. And yeah. I'm just, it, it is, it's a large you know, topic out there. I don't think personally that it's happening anymore in crypto or it's getting like worse and worse at all. Uh, I think that because we just don't have as much crazy price action going on, we don't maybe necessarily have as much to kind of pay attention to. And so um, I think 2018 was a really good building year for, for crypto in general. And there wasn't as much uh, of these kind of security breaches, but they're not going to go away. They're never going to go away. It doesn't matter how good your security is or what happens. That's why we don't trust third party platforms. Well, and, and I mean, recently, like the Cryptopia thing, I think Sarah brought it up, uh, you know, that that's a, not, they weren't like huge, but, you know, they're still known and, th- and they, yeah. that just, and I always bring up that I asked them about yeah, security. I, know, um, I, know. I interviewed them at WCC. And Andy directly <laughs> asked Cryptopia, <laughs> if you don't know, he directly asked them straight to their face, what are you guys doing about security? And to be honest... They couldn't answer the question, but I also thought a lot the same way that that they that they thought was like I think it's just blockchain. I think that's the whole that they're just relying on the blockchain technology to they to were, do that. But he was they were super nice. But after the podcast, yeah, they bought me a shot. I will I'll see you. Right, but but after Daniel looks at me, he's like, you know, the security question's kind of like blanket. But and now, bland. yeah, and well, then I was like, well, I was like, hey, real specific now, man. <laughs> so yeah, that's that. I months I later, bowed I'm down like, to you. So. Hey, it wasn't a bad question, right? So. Uh, so, guys, we have a fun question uh, for you and uh, Daniel's Yeah, because uh, so, Andy and I were talking uh, uh, off air, like, I haven't watched regular TV in a long time. I haven't watched r- anything off of the internet in a long time. So I, we wanted to ask you two, because uh, the answer could very well be nothing. But I want to know, what television show do you still try to catch on television when it comes out? Not through the internet not through streaming just it has to be through tv hell's kitchen oh you wait hell's kitchen <laughs> go sir nice oh my god it just came up sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you yeah that's like the only thing i watch the only thing i watch like on normal telly would be hell's kitchen or kitchen nightmares or um yeah that's pretty much it uh, can you fun fact c- continue, continue talking about that andy uh, do you know andy's history <laughs> i don't know if she knows my what you mean um, so I worked on season 11 of Hell's Kitchen and I worked. Oh my God. Yeah. Of the, yeah. And then, um, I worked on almost five seasons of the original American Kitchen Nightmares. So I was heavily a part of that whole world. Yeah. Tell him how much you love it. Oh my God. Like, do you also watch cooking shows outside of that or you just, do you just like the disaster? I just love the swearing and just the straightforwardness. <laughs> so Stash, what about you, man? What are you watching live on television? Yeah, I don't, I don't really watch a lot of live TV, but there, yeah, the two shows I would say that I definitely watch live uh, is I still watch The Walking Dead on Sundays when it comes out. I know I'm like the only guy left, but that was a great show, man. And they they really tanked here, I think, in the last couple years. But this recent, this recent year has actually been a little bit better, and so I've kind of gotten a little bit more interested in it. But definitely lost my my little bit of interest um, since since kind of the last year, a couple years, but. Uh, and then also Game of Thrones. Those are literally probably the only two shows I watch with when they come out. Oh, mm. 
Good call. Because you, you have to watch Game of Thrones. That only counts, though, if you're watching Game of Thrones not on HBO to go or HBO Now. I, no, I, I watched it. I watched it on. I have HBO no, on no, my, no. for my cable. Oh, wow. That counts. Wow. I was gonna, I was gonna allow it if it was still on HBO because they do post it live. They do post it. Right How about there, you, so Daniel? Do you have anything? I no. I just don't see a value in, in getting cable anymore. Uh, but what I do is I do have that digital antenna. And so it's really awesome to get the, the main channels. And I do watch all my sports live right there. Um, Super Bowl, obviously. But sometimes I'll just watch like old reruns of Lucy or Dick Van Dyke or just I get an Amori kick. And I just really want to know who the father is sometimes. And the commercials are great. I miss commercials. You, you, I forget how great local commercials are from streaming do you guys want to learn something new so basically go on uh it's basically about tv as we're talking so in england um you have to pay a tv tax what yeah you have to pay to have a tv to the country so like the main channels like bbc they don't have the ads on so you have to pay like a hundred pounds a year to watch telly and if you don't pay it then they come to your house and they're like oh you've got a telly you gotta pay a fine what? and stuff like that it's absolutely ridiculous yeah 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 yeah. um it's only in england like that like i'm from poland and stuff and it's not like that it's absolutely mad but it's basically so they don't have to pay the ads but then i'm literally looking at my telly and we don't pay it it's fine you just don't open the door when they come <laughs> it's in. a good idea no so that actually brings up a really Interesting question. So you stream and all that stuff still, right? You have Netflix. You have those other things as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Netflix. So <laughs> definitely Netflix. They're yeah, all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. That's so interesting. Uh, I don't. What do you call those uh, those guys that come for your money? What are they called? Taxmen. Crooks. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. Uh, I think Stash and I got the answer right at the same time. I mean, I don't mind it. It it it, it continues the funding. How they're doing it is crazy no, but I, I i'm all for funding public television and that's what bbc no is well i um actually um i this is interesting is that i finally got rid of uh like direct tv which i had which was satellite i got rid of it and i got sling which is completely digital so the last thing i watched live was amc i would watch amc channel because they would play a lot of old movies or great movies mm-hmm. whether it's yeah. 80s theme movies they just play a movie I've seen before and I know that I could put on when I'm bored or I'm about to go to sleep. So that was literally, besides sports and sports center, but I don't count those. This is just like sports like brain garbage. Uh, I don't count that. But I do count AMC. And I think the last movie I watched was uh, Karate Kid before DirecTV went down. Oh, yeah. Uh, but now Sling has AMC, but watching AMC as Sling would be considered digital and not live like you asked, Daniel. But they still play it live, right? It's it's yes, you can watch it live, but I don't count it because it's literally going through the internet to give me cable as opposed to a cable line hooking into a box in my house. Yeah, where if you miss it, it's done, you you can't go back. The end of cable is near. In the so, Bible. So I want to thank everyone for joining us today on Monday. I know uh Sarah, it's like a million hours ahead. Uh, and it was crazy to get you on here, but thank you so much. Daniel time travels, and apparently right. this is the Daniel from 2017. Yes. And Stash, it's really great to finally have you on, man. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, first, before we go, uh, Sarah, could you just tell us uh, where we could find you? Um, so you can find me on Twitter, uh, all Queen Sarah. I actually got a giveaway because I've hit 10,000 followers on Twitter, so I thought it'll be a nice occasion. And it's been a year since I'm on Twitter two days ago. Whoa. So that's like, you know, yeah, it's quite cool. Well, happy to. And also on 
<laughs> yes. And on YouTube are all combust ladies as well. So yeah, share the love guys. Awesome. Uh, thanks Sarah. And uh, Stash, could you tell us uh, where we could find you, man? Yeah, find me everywhere. I'm on Twitter, very active there. My website is cryptostash.com, uh, you know, S-T-A-C-H-E, like the mustache. Uh, but like I'm also on like uh, cool websites like Steemit and Peepith, which are, are crypto focused uh, places. And then definitely have a, 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 a great YouTube channel, too, with a lot of educational, cool videos and uh, interviews. Uh, well, you could find us at thecoinboys.com, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, there's a phone number. Uh, I don't know it off the top of my head. It's Do you know 424-372-7437. It? Three seven. That's Give right. us a call. That's right. And we just finished our our fun little voicemail, uh, I guess, contest, and we'll have our guest host on the first of March, I believe. Yes. Uh, and of course, I'm Andy. That's Daniel. What's up, guys? Sarah uh, and Stash. Thanks so much for coming. We'll see you guys later. Peace. Yeah. Thanks for having Take us. Bye bye. Next time.